starts the same First we're both down a plate and somehow you go astray We went from nothing to something Liking to loving It was us against the world And now we just fucking It's like I love you so much and now I just hate you here we go, folks. Sucker Radio back for another episode on MMASucker.com. I am your host, as always, Jeremy Brand. Yes, we have another fight week. We have an epic fight week. Friday night, we have UFC Fight Night 50, Jacare versus Musasi, as well as Bellator 123. Saturday night, we have Invicta FC8 live on UFC Fight Pass. I'm so excited for this one. And that will be my one guest on this show, the main event for Invicta FC8, Michelle the Karate Hottie Watterson. She'll join me in a bit here. We'll also have Justin Perot's unpopular opinions. But first, let's talk this past weekend. We had UFC 177 go down. Last minute uh, change in the main event, literally last minute. You guys all know by now that uh, Brow dropped out Due to a weight problem, he passed out, couldn't make weight, and uh, he was forced off the card due to health reasons, stepping in as an extremely last-minute replacement, Joe Soto. He put up a tough fight, but TJ Dillashaw again was announced the champion after knocking him out with a head kick and punches in the fifth round. Yeah, this is second fifth-round finish for TJ Dillashaw. He holds his title very close to him. But there's some guys standing in line for that title now. We have Dominic Cruz, who's fighting, coming up, who's the former champion. Um, Hafiela Sunsau, who's already beat TJ Dillashaw, has a fight coming up against Brian Caraway. So who knows what's next for uh, Dillashaw. He'll uh, take some time off now, take it back to the drawing board, and figure out what's next for him um, in the bantamweight division. The co-main event was a split decision, Tony Ferguson earning that over Danny Castillo. This is where things get sticky. Yes, Ferguson earned himself the nod, but Danny Castillo had the takedowns, controlled the fight, landed bigger punches on the feet. This is where we need to figure out what the judges are scoring fights on, because earlier in the evening, we saw Derek Brunson earn a unanimous decision 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards against Lorenz Larkin for literally taking him down and just holding him there. This is what Danny Castillo did. Um, According to Tony Ferguson, he took him down, he laid there, he did nothing. Um, But if they're going to score it for Brunson in one fight and not Castillo in another, we need to figure out what the judges are scoring fights on. Uh, congratulations to Tony Ferguson on that, but we need to figure out the judging situation. In the women's bantamweight division, Betch Correa um, defeated Shayna Baszler, TKO, second round. Great fight. Uh, she obviously Ronda Rousey said she wants her next because of this four horsemen thing, or four horsewomen thing, but I think she needs another fight before um, stepping up to Rousey. That's all I'm going to talk about on that fight card. As I said, this weekend we have UFC Fight Night 50. It's a stacked card. It's a great card. Many people think it is too good to be on free TV. In the main event, we have middleweights, Ronaldo, Jacare, Souza against Gegard Mousasi. Heavyweights in the co-main event, Alistair Overeem versus Ben Rothwell. Who knows how this fight's going to go because we've seen Overeem. He looks like he's coming in light. He looks like uh, he's in great shape. 
but is he a true heavyweight at this point? Who knows? Another heavyweight matchup on the card, we have Matt Mitrione versus Derek Lewis. Lightweights, Joe Lozon versus Michael Chiesa. Featherweights, Nick Lentz versus Charles Oliveira. And kicking off the six-fight Fox Sports 1 main card, we have Flyweights, John Moraga versus Justin Scoggins. Wow. It's a big card. It's all on Fox Sports 1. Unfortunately, in Canada, it will not be aired on Sportsnet 360 due to scheduling conflict. And uh, it will be on UFC Fight Pass. So Canadians, look out for it there. I'm not going to talk much else here. I'm going to get right into my first guest with the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson. Joining me on the line right now is the Invicta FC Atomweight champion, the karate hottie herself, Michelle Watterson. Michelle, thanks for taking the time today to do this. Woohoo! Thank you for having me. <laughs> Now, going back in time, I, I noticed that you began your uh, your journey in this sport as a ring card girl, and uh, from that first night on, you wanted to get into the sport itself rather than flaunt yourself around the cage. Just sort of explain your process of getting into MMA to our listeners who might not know. Well, you know, I've, I've been doing martial arts since I was 10, but when I was in, when I was in college, I worked part time um, as a Hooters girl, and uh, you know I would take little jobs here and there just for for extra cash. And one of those jobs was um, being a ring girl, and um, I, I was really intrigued by um, the fact that it wasn't boxing, you know, in the ring. It was MMA, and they could use kicks and they can go to the ground. And I thought it would be something really cool to um, do myself. And I asked the promoter, you know, if they ever had any women fighters, and he kind of looked at me and laughed and. He was like, you're a girl. <laughs> but uh, um, that's actually where I met Donald Cerrone. And um, I, I, I kind of expressed some interest to him that I was interested in fighting. And um, he kind of brushed me off. But a couple of weeks later, I guess a fight had fallen through on this amateur card. And uh, Donald came to my work and asked me. Uh, he just left me a note and said, you know, if you say it's about training, get your ass in the gym. And, you know, from from there on, I was hooked, and um, uh, I, I started really getting a lot more involved in the more combative side of martial arts. Yeah, you, you your career has flourished, definitely. You're currently on a five-fight winning streak. Um, you've climbed your way to the top, which included your most recent victory against Jessica Panay for the Atomweight title. That fight was in April of 2013. What have you been doing with your time over the past year and a half? You know, the usual drinking. <laughs> yeah, I've been spending a lot of time uh, getting better, you know, after you get the championship. Well, like, I, I, you feel like you, there's this target on your head because there really is, you know, everybody is getting for you just like I was getting for Jessica. And, and so I had no time to slack. I needed to get better. And I, I've been working at Shark Disney. I've been working my wrestling and just working on becoming an all-around better fighter. Speaking of uh, no slack, uh, I heard in your interview with Ariel Helwani, as well as most recently MMAJunkie.com, a second child was in your mindset. Um, you obviously had enough time for that to happen in this layoff. Would that, would that have changed your entire outlook on the sport to have another little one running the, around the house? It would Seriously, if I could have had a baby right after um, that win and come back into the sport, it it would have been pretty amazing on my part. I mean, uh, 
But you know, that just wasn't in the card to me, and uh, I I joke about it because now that I do have a family, um, you know, my daughter's getting older, and I do want another one. Um, but the like the dilemma is she's getting older. What's that age range going to be? I'm just now hitting my stride as a fighter, and um, you know, women's MMA is just now like hitting the mainstream um, like we'd always wished it would. And so, you know, put, uh, having a kid right now at the time is just would not make any sense. Um, so, you know, it could have happened, but it didn't. And you know, everything happens for a reason. So here I am. Exactly. So the kid didn't happen. But in that year and a half, I'm sure you had a lot of time to ponder what happened in that fight against Jessica. Yes, you pulled off a huge upset and nabbed a sweet armbar victory. But there were some iffy moments throughout the first three and a half rounds. Your thoughts? I, I think it led for a great championship fight. Uh, I feel like it was a lot of back and forth, and I feel like um, I feel like uh, you know at the end of the day, both of us were uh, great athletes, and I think equally talented uh, when it comes to you know our technique and skill. But at the end of the day, I feel like I had uh, the more will. I, I was the one that came out. Uh, um, victorious because I had the will to push through the, that uh, adversity. Definitely. Now, she's gone on to do the Ultimate Fighter Season 20 as a 105-pounder. How do you think she'll fare in the 115-pound division, especially if she ends up winning the show? She'll have to stay at that weight class as there's nothing lower in the UFC. Well, I think that Jessica will do just fine. She's a really big 105-er um, to begin with. You know, she did fight at 115 for a long time. And um, to be honest with you, I think that uh, probably half the girls in the show probably could fight at 105. Um, Jessica's probably bigger than some of the girls in the show. And so I don't think she'll have a problem there. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how, how this show pans out for her. Now, your upcoming opponent, Yasuko Tamada, feels, she told us at MMASucker.com, we had an interview with her, um, feels like this is a huge opportunity to fight on American soil. It's her first time doing that. What can she expect out of you when she stares at the karate hottie across the cage? Um, you know, I'm, I'm real eager to get back in the cage, and so, you know, I'm hungry. And, uh, and this is my first child of defense. So I've been training really hard to, you know, I don't want to let, let that belt go, especially um, to, to somebody that doesn't live in the same, <laughs> you know, I got to keep that belt here <laughs> in America. <laughs> now, this is, this is your first time in the cage, we said, in a long time. Um, it, with Invicta FC sort of going through a growth spurt and, and being on UFC Fight Pass, uh, do you feel like you, you'll be a lot more active in there than, than you have been more recently? I definitely hope so. You know, after um, having talked with Shannon and, and, you know, some of the guys from the UFC Fight Pass, I know that they're going to be trying to, to do Invicta fights more regularly, which is more, which is exciting not only for me, but for all the other girls, you know, that are um, signed to the Invicta roster. Now, being in the atomweight division, I'm sure there aren't too many people at uh, Jackson Winklejohn that are your size. Uh, who are your main training partners, and, and do you spar with the men? I mean, guys like, uh, you know, John Dodson and stuff. Yeah, definitely. John is one of my great uh, training partners, and there are also a lot of, uh, his, um, his little brother, 
a little big brother. <laughs> uh, I, I trained with him a lot, and um, you know, there's a lot of up and comers that are that are smaller as as far as the guys go. But yeah, um, Jody Escabel is another 105er that's at the gym, and then we also have Celine Haga who came over. Um, she's actually from Norwegian. Norwegian? Norwegian? She's Norwegian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, Norway. There you go. So, and she's actually a 105er, too, and uh, we have, and then Emily Keegan, she's a 115er, so there's actually a good group of girls that are my size that, uh, you know, I can get in there and scrap with, but um, then we have Holly Holm, who's a uh, 135er, and uh, another friend of mine, uh, Noemi uh, Dennison, who's 115, so we've actually got a good group of girls that are my size, and, and that we can actually go and it, it be relatively competitive as far as like size goes I guess no kidding that makes things a lot easier and the reason I ask if you train with with the fellas is because we saw what happened to Juliana Pena when she was training with an overzealous male partner has there ever been a problem training with the men for you no 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 not at all uh you know when it's funny when you have a a gym like Jackson's uh there's always a guy uh that are that's new that wants to get in there and, and prove a point. You know, sometimes there's there's so many people rotating through that, that they feel like they need to do something. And I remember when I uh, you know first started training at Jackson, um, there was a guy that was going just a little too hard uh, with a little. They call me Peanut, you know, at the gym. So guy was going a little too hard with Peanut. So um, we we got these other guys and, and we call them the regulators. So then we just put them in with the regulators the next round and and straightened them out right away. (laughs) Nice. That's perfect. Now, you spoke about uh, Jody being at the gym. Obviously, you have veteran of the sport, Tara LaRosa, at the gym. Um, What's it like to have training partners peak with you for the same card? Because they're going to be on this Invicta FC 8 card as well. It's great. It kind of gives you a sense of comfort knowing that you're not the only one going through the motions in that um, you know, it's nice to be able to go through those emotions with somebody else. You know, when you're having a bad day, you don't feel too bad when <laughs> somebody else is having a bad day too, you know. Or, or, you know, sometimes they might be having a bad day and, and I'm the one there helping, you know, helping get their spirits up and vice versa. So it, it, it's nice to be able to have have uh, those people to go, go through camp with. You know, we were, go, we're all going really hard for these last eight weeks and it's going to be going to be a great night just two more inter- or two more uh, questions here for you michelle before we let you go i've heard in previous interviews with you that you're beyond stoked about the ufc's partnership with invicta being on ufc fight pass has the fact that your fight will be featured on fight pass garnered any extra interest in sponsors you know i i've been trying not to focus too much on that just because it tears my attention away from um training um, but I, I think so. I think there are a lot more people interested, um, you know, in um, sponsoring the women's um, MMA now that they're picked up by UFC Fight Pass. But I think the real momentum is going to happen after this uh, fight card uh, happens and, and people see, um, you know, what great of a turnout um, it is. And I think that's when it will pick up. Now, finally, I ask all the male fighters on the show this. Um, I ask them, because they're so tough, 
what movie was the last movie that made them cry? I'm not going to ask you that. I'm going to flip the table on you and ask you what your favorite action movie is. Oh, my favorite action movie? Well, it's like kind of like my favorite movie of all times. I don't know if you consider it an action movie, but um, Braveheart is like one of my favorite. And is that an action movie? I'd say, I'd say it is. <laughs> so can you do an, yeah, uh, a Mel Gibson impression movie. there or what? Yeah, I love you. Always have. Always <laughs> will. <laughs> she is Michelle Watterson. She's taking on Japanese veteran Yasuko Tamada in the main event at Invicta FC 8 on Saturday, September 6th. You can catch the action live on UFC Fight Pass. Thanks a bunch for joining me today, Michelle. And, and just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. If anybody's interested in uh, following my day-to-day life, I'm most active on Instagram, and it's at Karate Hottie MMA. Good luck this Saturday, Michelle. Thank you. What a fun interview that was. Uh, wishing Michelle Waterson all the best against the Japanese legend live this Saturday night on UFC Fight Pass. It's going to be a great performance, going to be a great fight. Um, after a year and a half layoff, it's it's extremely exciting to see her get back in the cage at Invicta. Um, the entire fight card is stacked, so hopefully you'll check it out. It's live on UFC Fight Pass for all you Fight Pass subscribers. $9.99, get in on it. You get your first month free. Uh, without further ado, let's get right into Justin Perot's unpopular opinions. Dangerously angry one minute. Hello everyone, once again, it's me, Justin Pirro, here with more unpopular opinions on Sucker Radio here at MMASucker.com. Now, you might be wondering what that was to start off this segment. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Grind. Grindcore, to be specific. That's the band Pig Destroyer. See, I've got... I know this is going to sound so stupid to some of you, but I've got such a pet peeve whenever I see hashtag embrace the grind, hashtag rising grind, and stuff like that on Twitter. That is grind. The napalm death I'm going to play for you is grind. See? That's grind. Now, the thing that people don't realize is, and you know... Grind is a style that came about in the late 80s. It's a mishmash of death metal and hardcore punk. And it's fast, it's violent, and quite honestly, it should be on these fighters' playlists. But most of them who say that, I bet you the heaviest thing they've got on their iPod is Icona Pop or Kanye West. And that ain't heavy, kids. So, this is just the cranky old metalhead in me speaking, but... If you're going to embrace the grind, embrace grind. Put it into your workouts. You know what? Take a, you know, find a nice one and a half minute song from somebody like Brutal Truth. Put that onto your striking playlist. And you try and keep up. You want to work in your hand speed? Blast Beats will help you pick up your damn hand speed. Now, Second of all, I have been left eating crow. It's not the 
best thing in the world, but here we are. Unfortunately, I miscalled things. Betch Cohea not only managed to beat Shayna Baszler, she managed to finish her, and now I'm left eating crow. And while people are saying, oh, she should have another fight before she fights Rousey, no. No, no, no. I bet all of you would say, let's put Holly Holm in there. No. Holly Holm has victories over basically tomato cans, 500 records or less, you know, 0.500 records or less. At least Betch Cohea has gone out and gotten herself wins over credible competition in the UFC. And you know what? Give her the shot. Put it on in December. Ronda wants it. Cohea wants it. Yes, it might very well be over in 90 seconds with somebody missing an arm. But it will sell. There is a rivalry. There is emotion. There is animosity. There is angry Ronda face, which sells so many fights. So what's not to lose with booking that? And finally, this weekend, you've got two MMA events, but they're not both UFC. You got the UFC fight night from Brazil, and you know, that'll be good. I mean, come on, Gegard Musashi versus Jacare. Musashi's got a win over Jacare, so rematch, awesome. Plus, you get Ben Rothwell versus Overeem. What's not to love there? And then, that's Friday. On Saturday, we get Invicta 8, finally! And the main event sees the champ at Atomweight, Michelle Waterson, take on Yasuko Tamada, who's a trainee of Megumi Fuji. You know, pretty much the most legendary woman in uh, mixed martial arts before Ronda Rousey. And in addition to that, you'll get to see MMA Saka's own Roxanne Modafferi take on Tara La Rosa in the rubber match. They got one win each. They've both been close fights, and they're going to be great. And it's worth your nine ninety nine for Fight Pass. I mean, come on. It was more than that just to get the old pay-per-views, the online pay-per-views, and get the shoddy stream. But now you can get it. So get your Fight Pass and watch it. All right, that's it for me, Justin Pirro. You can follow me on Twitter at Stormland Brand and on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stormland. All right, back to you, Jeremy. Thank you, Justin, as always, for your unpopular opinions. They're funny. They're great. They do the trick. They get out some of the unpopular opinions, and I'm sure uh, you listeners out there will enjoy them as well. I'm not going to talk much about the news because we have some cool stuff coming up at MMASucker.com. That will, for your listening pleasure, be all your news for you. So uh, I'm not going to announce it yet, but but you'll see what I'm talking about in the not-so-distant future. Hopefully by later this week, actually, you'll know what I'm talking about. So that's it for Sucker Radio this week. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere that radio and podcasts are heard, you can check out Sucker Radio. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MMAsucker, on Twitter, at MMA Sucka. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jeremy Brand 604. That's 604. 
And uh, with that, I'm out. And break. Face your partner. Kung Nay. Shake hands. Okay, rotate. All right, everyone just have a seat for a second. Have a seat. Now, I'm noticing that a lot of y'all are just throwing single kicks and punches. What you need to be doing is following those through with some combinations, okay? Let's start with the simple one, shall we? Right hand block, left hand throws the distracting back fist, number one side kick, followed through with a spin crescent kick to the head. Sound easy enough? Sir. Sorry. Okay, let's try it out. Rick, Marge, hop up. Sir. Okay. Marge, ready stance? Sir. Okay. Rick, we're gonna have you on the attack first. Throw a round kick. Block with the right. Distracting back fist, number one side kick, and spin crescent kick. There we go, boom, got him, got him. Got you, didn't she, Rick? No, I was just doing what you told me to do. Well, that's fine, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Think you can beat this combination? I think Marge and I know different, don't we, Marge? Yes, sir. Okay, let's do this again. Sir. Marge, ready stance. Sir. Keep your eyes on Rick, and don't forget the distracting back fist, that's the key. Rick. You come with whatever you got, full contact, no holds barred, okay? I'm gonna warn you, I don't think you're gonna like how this ends, hot shot. Face your partner. Sir. Kung Nay. Sparring stances. See She's still alive? Somebody check her pulse, please.